sitting comfortably. Let's kick off. Well, hey there, fellow nerds and nerdwells. I'm AJ, and welcome back to the Adventurers Anonymous podcast, the home of improvised fantasy, fuck nuggetry. Come join us week by week as a rotating cast of geeks sip cocktails, play Dungeons and Dragons, and seek a glorious death. Right, before we get going, I'm duty-bound to remind you that the content from here on in is not suitable for little ears. What follows is mostly improvised and entirely inappropriate. Listener discretion, as always, is advised. Now then, don't forget, you can get your greasy mitts on all sorts of exclusive, raw and uncut versions of these episodes by subscribing to Patreon. There's also exclusive artwork, maps, character guides, and a whole bunch more. It's very much whatever Matt Durant finishes, fi- like finishing off oh, the yeah. uh, the Belsiar fan fiction, which which is coming along nicely. I hear that there's a third or fourth installment of that coming sometime 2025, 26. Yeah, it's right there. Right. Of course, I'm joined this week by the usual crew of abject depravity. First off, we've got a man who likes nothing more than to kick back with his inner demons and sip a Tinto de Verano. It's Mr. Chris Rag. How are you doing? Sip, honeys. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty dope, thanks. How are you? When are you going to make me a Tinto de Verano? Well, uh, whenever you come around. Uh, I'll make you one anytime. Really? Is that an open offer? Yeah, any any park you want to go to, I'll meet you there. Oh, no, now, we're, now we're sipping fancy-ass cocktails in parks. Wow. We just hit the Do you know what a Tinto de Verano is? Red wine and lemon Fanta. You can't get much not fancy. Is there anything to do with Vincent de D'Onofrio? D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent, Vincent de Verano. Vincent de Verano. I tried to make that job, but... Is, is he another one of your cousins? Right. Next up, we have a man who has gone fully undercover in Finland in a bid to infiltrate the Moomins. That's right. I did some, <laughs> I did some Googling and apparently the Moomins come from Finland. Who knew? How's that going? It's good. I think a lot of people knew the Moomins came from Finland. I don't fucking know the Moomins. But... Do, all the, do all the millennials know that the Moomins come from Finland? Is it just me? I think all the millennial thirst traps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of millennial thirst traps, last but not least, we have the wokest of the said millennial thirst traps. It is Mr. Chris Neal. How you doing? I, I do wish you'd find another joke. But other than that, I'm good. I'm, is it uh, hard I'm being a good. cultural icon to so many millennials? Um, are you asking me or are you asking an actual cultural icon? Um, uh, well, Mr. I am available. Uh, <laughs> I, feel like making, I feel like you're making Raggy and Matt jealous at this point. I mean, Rag, Raggy is the best dressed amongst all of us, so maybe he ticks that box. Right, sod it. Come on, then. The Let's get going. It, nobody, nobody wears a cable knit jumper quite like Mr. Rag. Do you guys need a recap? Because it has been a hot moment, I think. Feels like it's been about three weeks. Recap, yeah. recap, recap. I mean, okay. do you want to do the do you want to do the fan roll dive message first? Oh my or do you god! Wanna... It's like I didn't even remember we had a sponsor. Go on, Mister Neil. Just it's all right if you want to. If you, it's all right if you want to roll me in first. Or all right, like, here like, we go. I, I, let's I, let's let you know. We'll just edit this out of the podcast. But hey, kids, listeners, before we get going, before we get into the meat of this, Mister Neil has a very important announcement for you all. So put down your cocktails for a minute and listen to this man. 
Yeah, everyone, everyone, set down your set down your drinky booze for an important public service announcement. Uh, what's up, Adventureholics? I'm here to talk to you about fan roll dice. Look, we all love dice. They're the little knickknacks that make the little clickety clacks that help us do a whole bunch of fucking maths. That's why we've teamed up with Fan Roll Dice to offer our listeners ten percent off when you use code Adventurer Ten. With everything from resin to sharp edge silicone. Mini little babies to chunky beefy boys and beautiful liquid core and gemstone dice. Fanroll Dice has you covered. So head on over to fanrolldice.com and use code ADVENTURER10 to get 10% off. Now, back to the intro, show pony. Stop calling me show pony, bitch. Um, every time you <laughs> say resin, I think you're talking about drugs. Like, because that's just a word mm-hmm. I associate. That's because that's, that's you're old and your cultural references are uh, old. Wow. Wow. That's just yeah. crazy. Are you there, AJ? Wow. Yeah, you honey pop. <laughs> I think I prefer old. Yeah, I'll stop old. calling you a joke honey when you stop calling me a woke millennial first track. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I don't mind being old. Old's full of experience. You're just all woke and sticky. Right. Here we go. <laughs> woke and sticky. Woke and sticky. <laughs> woke and sticky, the best combination. Right. Come on, fuck it. Stop derailing this. Last we left off with our intrepid adventurers, they had brought the fight to the Stanks, interrupting a tranquil garden party with a small horde of liberated goblin workers that they had taken from the local vineyard estate. Deciding that negotiations were for the weak, they opted to cut straight to the chase as Tatty fired an arrow at Lionel, the son of the absent estate owner, Silas. Mass panic ensued, culminating with Tatty pursuing Lionel into a garden maze. But nothing is ever as simple as it seemed, because Belsiar discovered that his estranged father, Impar, was not only at the party, but also a close friend of the Stanks, who were patrons of the institution that had educated and raised our beloved Crocoborn. Cue an incredibly awkward yet sincere conversation between father and son. Whilst all this was going on, Tatty stumbled upon Queenie, Lionel's wife, in the maze, and after a fashion, decided to spare her life. Not long later, our itty-bitty vigilante tracked down Lionel himself at the centre of the maze, Lionel refusing to admit his guilt to the gnome, instead asking for a fair trial before his peers. Tatty, burning with the injustice enacted upon the goblins, claimed that justice would be served by his hand alone, wounding and then executing Lionel, shooting him in the back. And so the episode ended as... The bloody and tired form of Tati stepped from the maze, staring at an emotionally drained Belsiar, whose father had just walked away, having said goodbye under strange circumstances. And yes, listeners, whilst all of this was going on, Hanash was conducting a string quartet that had been hired to play tunes to the garden party. All that spurred on by his inner demon, Jerry. And that is where we will pick up this week's episode. There you go. Anyone need to ask any refresher questions? Because I'm more than happy to. I think when I spared Queenie, I sent her back to the estate with Eliza. You did, didn't I? Uh, Was it Toad Flaps or was it? No, Eliza's the Bumblebee. Yeah, Toad Flaps. That's it. So, so just out of interest, flying, as we'll say, just for canonical reasons, you see Tatty 
stumbling out of the maze. He's slightly bloodied. Toadflaps has already come out of the maze with Queenie, who is uh, Lionel's wife. And you see Aristobulus riding a giant blue phallus with the bumblebee on the back as it comes to land just outside the maze. As you see the giant veiny spiritual phallus just vanish in a poof of smoke. As is it like a helicopter lands and the the grass is flying yeah, yeah, everywhere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> people are holding onto their hats. Yeah, people hold on as a big ball sack just lands on the grass and then disapparates. Um as as um the bumblebee just leans to one side and just vomits onto the lawn from all the turbulence. And there you go. So Belsia, yeah, you're you you've just watched your dad walk off through the French doors back into the back into the um back into the house. I think if I have arrived back in the the kind of garden area where Belsiar is, and I see Belsiar, I'll I'll walk up to him and and talk to him. How was how was how was the reunion? Difficult. I've rehearsed it a hundred times, and somehow went better, but also worse than I could have hoped. Okay. That's, that's, you, you know, you seem, I don't know, um, depending on how it went, I guess, uh, I guess you seem better for having, for having done it, if that makes sense. Um, even if you didn't, even if you didn't really get much catharsis out of, out of talking to him, um, at least you, you, you know, you stood up and you faced him in whatever form that took. Yeah, I think I'm glad it happened. That's and I, I turn towards the house and, and say, I'm still expecting the house to explode with him inside to cause me more trauma. <laughs> you two are having this very serious conversation on the lawn, staring at the house. All around you, whilst you're having this quiet and calm conversation, it's like the end of Platoon. There's just death and mayhem all around you. There's just dying and dead goblins. There's dead um, guest dinner party guests uh, on the lawn. Uh, you just see like goblins with their heads caved in with croquet mallets. You look over Belsiar as you see Pacato just sitting on the chest of one of the dinner party guests, just just they're they're dead, but Pacato's just repeatedly stabbing them in the chest with a fork, um, in bloodlust, um, as you both have this beautiful quiet. As you look over, you see Hanash still frantically thwapping away with his bat on, trying to keep the keep the rhythm up of of the. <laughs> so so. Uh, uh... Hanash like is looking at this chat and like didn't understand how to resolve feelings. So just, <laughs> just like you know, like um like cops do like like roll to like knock over a perp. He yeah. d- he does that to Belsiar to try and like move over, <laughs> move over get past this awkward situation to kind of get him over it without actually emotionally dealing with it. So yeah, I I, I knock over Belsiar. I, I fall down and slightly injured myself, but I know the intention was good. 
<laughs> Men will literally do anything to avoid going to therapy. <laughs> Belsia, as you see a blur of movement to your left, quick as a flash, Pakato senses that you're in danger and comes to your rescue. Um, Hanash, as you feel a stabbing sensation between your shoulder blades as a small potato is on your back, just trying to, like, despine you using a dinner fork. No potato. Down. Picato has misconstrued your your boyish enthusiasm as as a threat to his master, and is, is currently <laughs> trying to like despine you using a dinner fork. I, uh, I I roll on the floor to try and like knock Picato off. Ah, um, God, a little bit of roughhousing. Oh no, we're gonna get it with you. Make me an athletics check, Hanash. Sure. 16. Yeah, he got he got five. So you you feel a stab in your back as you're a bit like a sting if you've ever been stung by like a bee or a wasp or something, and sharp as you reach round and just rip a potato off your back in a grapple, as you feel it like just between your fingers as you just slam it into the deck. Um Oh no, I don't throw it down. I oh. throw it as far away as I can. I like uh like baseball oh, wow. style. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a whistling as he sails through the air. Yeah, exactly. As you as you just see Picato hurled into the upper branches of an oak tree, about twenty feet to your right, as you just hear a startle of like pigeons and squirrels come flying out of it. <laughs> what are you, as as the bumblebee walks over to you, Tatty, and is like, "So do you have a plan beyond this? Because um, things are starting to take a turn for the worst." Yeah, when you said that the a lot of the goblins had been attacked and or killed, um, well, who who was attacking? Who was attacking them? Was it the was it the party guests? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. People, uh, you see one goblin. Um, there's an area where the food was being cooked on a patio, like sort of area, and there was like in, inside a tent. And you see one of the goblins is on like being forced into the barbecue. Somewhere else, you see a goblin has been beaten to death with a garden chair. But it's gone both ways. Like, for every goblin down, there's a dinner guest down. Like, it just went... Oh. It, it went kind of... There's plenty of, you know, live dinner guests. You see, like, a woman holding her husband's head as he's bleeding. Uh, you see, like, the the goblins are just kind of like... Just yeah, 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 just <laughs> severed head. She's just holding on to his, like, severed head, looking down at his decapitated body she's she, she's trying to she's in shock sooner or later she'll realize she needs to move on and find another lover but for now she's just holding her recently <laughs> widowed husband grief is a process chris you can't tell people how to take that journey it's grief counseling yeah okay i've called an ambulance but just <laughs> i've called an ambulance if the first responder's hot that's okay right <laughs> So so um you see yeah the bumblebee is like we should, we should make a plan because things have escalated fast and well we need to take control of this situation we've got okay. a plan we're looking for Jesus do you see- <laughs> <laughs> we're so insane <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen my cheese? Oh, I'm afraid 
The bumblebee just like seriously regrets all her decisions. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at the bumblebee and say, um, well, the fight. I don't know the fight between the 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 goblin workers and the party guests is. I mean, it looks kind of. AJ, please correct me if I'm wrong, but looks kind of evenly matched at the minute. I think it's fizzled out. It's a bit like uh, when two people who don't really want to fight have a fight and everyone gets a bloody nose and then everyone's just like, why are we fighting? The the real, the instigators of the fight were you and Lionel and both of you fucked off and only one of you came back. So... Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say to... I'm going to say to Eliza, um, I sent... Queenie back here, supervised by Toad Flaps, one of the one of the goblins that was with us. Um, did you? Oh no, you were flying above the maze, weren't you? Um, I'm going to head inside and see if I can find them because uh, we kind of need to deal with deal with Queenie before Silas and the other one Cecilia. get back. Silas and Cecilia, Cecilia are the the mum and dad of the whole family. Patriarch, and then Enid is another missing child. Yes, as you go back through the double doors, you see an almost like dining room-esque thing. So, I mean, very much of a muchness, you know, a long dining table uh, with various subtables with food on it, um, you know, oil paintings on the wall, coat of arms, suits of armor around with several, you know, doors leading off into the main um, house. And to the right of the dining room, more doors. You see the doors are open. There's like a study area off to the right. And in that study area, you can see through the open door, there's like a like a leather chair and Queenie has been tied to the leather chair by toad flaps. You see Queenie has a gag in her mouth and she's writhing around. Okay, I'm going to, as I head back inside, I'm going to uh, do a quick roundup of the goblins that are still left mm-hmm. outside. Uh, and get them to come in um, with me um, and make sure that they're all right, essentially, as well. Um, I can maybe do a medicine check just to see how they're doing and if, if they need to, like, go lie down or something or if they're, or if they're just fucked. Would you like some counselling? <laughs> uh, I mean, in that case, yeah. If you're specifically looking to, to look at them on a health level, yeah, make me a medicine check. I love how I keep calling out all these skills that I'm terrible at. That's how you know I'm not a goddamn power gamer. That's how I like to think of you. Oh, pretty good. 18. 18. So you, you, you sort of have a cursory glance over at the goblins. You gather them all in and they huddle around you and you notice what you started at 20, Maud injured one of them and you were down to 19. You're now down to about 11 goblins. As you look around at the scattered corpses of the goblins, you notice uh, the guy with the whisk bought it, um, but the the goblin carrying the fondue set uh, is still with you, as is like rolling pin guy and a guy with a meat cleaver. Um, they've grown as a group of individuals. There's now a camaraderie. They've They've gelled through this experience. Okay, yeah. Um, if they're doing okay, I'm gonna um, attempt to j- just like bring them with me into the house um, as I go to the study to see Queenie and Toad Flaps. 
yeah, as you bring them in the house, you see they just they've they've they become masters of their own destiny suddenly, and you see a confidence and a bravado in the goblins that they didn't have before. As uh, you see a goblin who just had a tablespoon, and you see he's got a bloody tablespoon that he's obviously killed someone with. As he throws down his tablespoon, runs over to a suit of armor and just rips off the broadsword from the suit of armor and you just see this tiny goblin dragging a huge broadsword behind him as he drags it back to the group uh, he can barely lift it above his own head it's so heavy it's just he's dragging it with both hands behind him but he feels like king of the world uh, as these goblins are now empowered he's dragging a broadsword that's like three times as big as him yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the like broadsword is easily the twice twice yeah. three times taller than he can barely lift it but he feels so empowered by your revolution that he's given up his bloodied tablespoon and he's picked up a broadsword uh as you make your way into the study yeah much of a muchness a uh, little study bookshelves on the wall a uh, writing desk with various papers that have been disturbed across it uh, a healthy looking ficus in one corner because the only pot plants that are allowed inside houses in my D world are ficuses and Fikai. you Fikai. <laughs> I- um, you hey, when, hey, when Matt jumps in and snipes you with a little joke, mm. it, a one-word joke, you you give it praise. Mm. It, it's <laughs> genuinely bearing figs. It's a very healthy ficus. It's been looked after. Um, there are there are genuine figs on this ficus. Um, as you you hear a mumbling like a <laughs> as uh, which I appreciate sounds like a donkey coming to orgasm, but is um, is Queenie has got a gag in her mouth and she's been tied to a chair by toad flaps, as you see. She's in one of those rotating office chairs and and toad flaps is just spinning her, the, the form of her round, annoying her, trying to make her nauseous. And she's like, the, the ropes go all the way around her, all the way around the chair, so pinning her midriff. And then she's got like a okay. hanky in her mouth. I'll bring the rest of the goblins in. Um, I'll go up to, I'll uh, go up to where Queenie's sat. I'll stop her from spinning around. Um and I'll um I'll take the I'll take the gag out of her mouth so she can so she can talk. As you hear a little voice behind you, the goblin with the broadsword tries to run in as he was like, You will feel my wrath as he goes to execute Queenie, but he's too weak to lift the broadsword off the floor as you just hear him straining. He can't he can barely get the broadsword like four inches off the floor as he looks over at you for support. All right. All right, easy, pal. Just get, just take a knee for a, like a hot second. Um, I'm going to turn to Toad Flaps and the rest of the goblins and say, no, actually, no. I'm going to turn to Queenie first and say, I'm going to take the Stank Family Crest medallion that I have from Lionel. I'm just going to hold it and say, um, your husband is dead. I'm afraid. Thoughts? Concerns? You see her go pale as a sadness washes over her as she just looks at you as a single tear rolls down her cheek across her dirty face as you just see her shaking. Okay. Here's the deal. Because, yes, your husband is dead. And that's, you know, it's absolutely fine. No matter how much of a piece of shit he was, it's absolutely, you know, understandable that you would want to mourn him. Um, here's the deal, though. 
you, I, you know, I kind of gesture to the rest of the goblins behind me. I say, I don't know how complicit you were in the activities of uh, the family that you married into. Um, wait, quick, above the above the table now. Didn't Lionel say something like Queenie was his sister? Oh, fucker. Okay. I don't say anything. I don't say anything about that. I'm just I'm I'm keeping that as a mental note. Say so. <laughs> just instantly remember and kill her straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're just delivering a killer monologue, as in the background, this little <laughs> thing just nibbling away at you. So you're like incest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just appears in the back of your mind. It's cool. It's cool. Every conversation is a dance. It's fine. As, uh, as in the background, you can hear a string quartet playing "Sexual Healing" by Stevie Wonder. As Hanash is still keeping the energy going. <laughs> I really hope during the fight between the goblins and the party guests, he was playing like Flight of the Valkyries. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll say to Queenie, I don't know how complicit I don't know how complicit you are in the activities of the the family that you married you married into, um, but. G- Let's be above the table here. You know, you guys kept workers as essentially slaves um, and profited from those slaves. Um, So I feel like your bill has kind of come due, um, whether it's delivered by me or someone else is completely, um, completely beside the point. Um, So I'm going to I'm going to turn to my friends behind me. Um, and see what they think we should do with you, essentially. Um, I don't want to make the decision by myself because that feels weird. Um, uh, so I'll turn to the goblins and say, um, what, do you, what do you think we should do with Queenie? And I guess I'll probably, as I say that to the group, I'll probably look at Toad Flaps in particular. So you're having a sidebar with the goblins as you leave the lady, you, you're leaving her gag out. Leaving the gag out, I was talking to her, but then I'll turn around to the goblin. So it's not like I'm having a sidebar, it's just like... As as you have a democratic conversation with the goblins about the fate of Queenie. Belsie, are you with them? Yeah, I was just going to step in and say I'm I'm not here to say what you goblins should do, but... Perhaps you could keep her as a hostage to ensure your safety and independence in in the uh, assuming her family like her. Hmm. Queenie, do, do, do your family like you? Yes, we are a harmonious family. We are pillars of society. Excellent. We've never been anything more. Oh, Sorry, please go on. She looks over it. Tatty, and then looks back to Belsia as he says, "Yes, our family is harmonious. I married into it for, for love, and it was just so convenient. <laughs> well, the money and the love were right in front of me the whole time. I didn't have to reach far, but it was an arranged marriage. But now that I see, I'm free again. I can move on." If what your friend is saying is true, then I should really consider thinking about moving on and finding a new lover. Yeah, I think I think that could happen. I, I turn away and I'm like, 
yeah, we, we she's probably going to be dead or imprisoned. I think that's probably how this is going to go. She goes, I, I, I can hear you. Can I make an insight check on what she's saying based on what I know about her being married to her brother? Can I can I do it with advantage because I know that she was married to her brother? No, but you can you can roll. You could know that. You can't you can't knock the hustle. I like it. I love it. Twelve. Twelve. Do you know what? The weird thing is, Tatty, you can just hear Matt can you hear Matt just frantically googling incest? Right, very quickly. So, <laughs> do, do you know uh, the thing is, Tatty? You know what you know, uh, as what Lionel disclosed, and as you stare deeply into her eyes and listen to what she says to Belsia, you can't help but be moved. And nothing in you, and love is love, and and its purest form is beautiful, even when it's incest. And some part of you is disgusted. <laughs> but you can't help but be, be moved as you look down at Barbara beside you and just scritch the back of her head. <laughs> Whether it's incest or bestiality. <laughs> you're trying to draw right now. <laughs> as, as you're all having this beautiful moment coming to terms with, you know, love in the time of incest, um, Hanash, we're going to pan back to you as you are in the music tent um, thwapping away with your baton. You're really feeling like you're finally getting into the groove of this, like maybe this was something you were called to do. As you look up, you've seen everyone's gone into the main house. But now, from across the lawn, you see a party of individuals slowly walking across towards the garden party. At first, you see one and two, and then three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten... There's a there's a large party of individuals making their way across the lawn. Um toward, towards the house. Towards the house, yes. Um can I identify any of them? Is it like the the police commissioner or whatever? Make me Yeah, make me a perception check. Natural twenty Ow Bang on the money. Um, yes, you, you notice, um, Coretta Taint Ticker, um, who was, as you said, the police commissioner. Now she, she vanished using magic before the fight kicked off. You now see Oh, her. I did have a name written down correctly. I did, I did have it written down, although my handwriting is terrible. Somebody wants bonus XP. No, nah, that is his boner alert. <laughs> That's just a mushroom. <laughs> uh, yeah, bang, bang on the money. Uh, it is indeed Coretta Taintica, the police commissioner, and she has come back with the city watch. So you see her and maybe 15. You've seen city watch before. Um, and they're here in numbers. And they're here with purpose. Do I know roughly how many there are? Like, yeah, like, like, within, um, like the... you see, they they gather together in a crowd, but we, we're talking like you know more than ten, probably fewer than twenty. Right? They're walking with purpose, and they, they've come armed. Okay. Um, are they? Do they have any like projectiles? Like, do they have any like um, ar- like arrows or anything like that? Can, can I see? Uh, with the natural twenty, yeah, I can say you, you. They've come in full riot gear. You see riot shields, batons, 
um, and a couple of them, yeah, are long distance. Uh, you see crossbowmen, um, and in fact, okay. crossbow women too. This, the city watch in in our universe is equal opportunities. Excellent. Um, so I'm going to make myself back to, get back to the house, but I'm worried that they're going to shoot me. So I'm going to take <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take my musician friends. <laughs> Just hoist them up as human shields. Come on, pals. And I, I like, I'm not. I'm not threatening you, but if you don't do it, I will hurt you. Okay, so um, follow me. That's, that's yeah. not a threat. <laughs> Make me an intimidation check, please. But it's it's not a threat. We're talking about a ginormous man with a metal spike sticking out of his head, with a like. Eat a giant fucking monster skull strapped to his back. No, but the monster's on my head at the moment, isn't it? I was on your head, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not an intimidation. <laughs> Even more intimidation. Um, so 15, I got. That would do it. I did not set the bar very high for that challenge rating. Uh, yeah, as you see a lot of scared-looking people trying to stay in key as they all hustle. <laughs> Some of them manage to keep playing. It's like the shittest marching band ever. Um, yeah, yeah, I want them. I want them. I want them to play like Darth Vader's, like a uh, Death March or whatever it's called. Dun, dun, just dun, like dun, the, dun, yeah, the Imperial, dun, dun, Imperial yeah. March theme too. Yeah, yeah. Wow, we are just we are just getting copyright lord all over the place. I have to ask you, from a narrative point of view, this is the most ridiculous fucking thing I've ever said. Are you trying to do this by stealth? Are you like staying at a distance? No. <laughs> no. Okay. No. No. Like. I'm, I'm just. Uh, I, I assume that they can see. I should have blended in with it. I'm, I've got a monster head. I'm not going to blend in with that. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. I, I see them. I think they've probably seen me. They're going to see me go to the house. So I'm not doing it stealthily. I just want like crowd cover to be able to get, get back to the house without being shot. Okay. So as you use human shields of a string quartet, uh, you see two of the city guard break away from the main. They're ahead of you, so they're between you and the house. As they walk with purpose, two of them stop, oh, turn around, and come that. back. Um, as two of them come back to you, as you see uh, a man and a woman dressed in like leather armor, uh, one holding a riot shield, both of them with batons. As as one of them's like, state your business. I'm with the orchestra. Right, <laughs> we're playing show tunes. <laughs> there was an awful racket, though. I didn't. I couldn't hear what was happening over the noise of the band, though. Okay. <laughs> Are you here to? S- What's going on? Listen, there's there's an uprising. People are dying. I suggest you take your little band, go back to your tent, and stay safe. We'll let you know when it's safe to come out. Oh yes, j- j- jolly good. Thank you, thank you, uh, officers. That's I, uh, not a problem. Do, do just that. Did you see which way the bandits went? No, no. I'm wearing this. I'm wearing this orchestra apparatus on my head, and I can't see a bloody thing in this. That's all uh, right. I'm not. I don't understand opera. <laughs> I don't really understand how all of this works. Just go back into your tent. Stay safe. We'll come and find you afterwards. Yes, of course. Once it's all sorted out, we'll get you some tickets, and you can come and enjoy the show. Excellent. Thank yes. you very much. Right? Can we? Can we just? Can we just take a second to recognise Chris Rag 
absolute master of deception. He, he, he rolls, rolls regardless. Just Chris Rag, master of deception, absolute mastermind. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Of improv. <laughs> it's like Tinker Taylor, soldier spy. He he can literally just whatever he needs to be, he becomes uh, master of the string quartet. <laughs> As um. Yep, they they turn around and they head back towards the other group that are heading towards the you know the double doors. As you see, you see them stopping and looking at the bodies on the floor and you know by the patio at the back of the house. Um, you know, rolling over bodies of humans and goblins and whatever. Um, as the lady who was playing the double bass uh, looks at you, Hanash, and she's like, "Can we can can we go now?" Uh, I, d- I don't think the police are going to let us go. So um, we have to stay here. For me, you can go, but I think the police may kill you if you go. So I <laughs> I think we're going to lay low here. It's going to be all cool. You know, police are going to come and sort it out. We're all going to be fine. But yeah, sorry, just five, ten more minutes, I reckon. I can't wait for Stockholm Syndrome to Five <laughs> before we can get on to the next gig. Hanash, in his mind, is already a composer through and through. Uh, why don't we play some invisible blackjack while we wait? <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we're going to leave Hanash. We're going to leave Hanash making friends. That he's he's not the conductor they deserved, but he's the conductor they got. Um, right. Panning back to you, Tati Belsia. Of course, you don't know any of this. Um, I'm going to say Aristobulus is hanging around as well. Um, he's generally just stealing shit, looting stuff, going through drawers. Um, he's found an encyclopedia and he's found a naked picture in it and he's just giggling to himself as he's pulling books off the bookshelf and whatever. That makes sense. Um have the since I mentioned to the goblins that I was going to leave the decision basically up to them, have the have the goblins kind of started murmuring amongst themselves a little bit? Like I said, I'm mostly trying to get a read on toad flaps more than anyone. Uh, yeah, I mean the goblins are the goblins are very much full of bloodlust at the moment, so they're they're erring towards you know. The extermination of the stanks. Okay, that makes sense. I guess that I guess that Queenie knows this. Like, they I guess they're not really being quiet about it. No, 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 no. You see them. They're now like surrounding um, Queenie and spinning her faster and faster in the office chair. She's starting to go like shades of green uh, as they're trying to make her like chunder. I'll stop them from doing that. I'll I'll just I'll just walk over and be like, let's. Let's just let's just try and be a little bit respectful, just for now. Just for now. Once we've reached once we've reached an agreement, we can we can do what is agreed upon. Um, let's just not add any more um, discomfort than is necessary. Um, if they're leaning towards if they're leaning towards killing her, um, well, you see three of them. It's now taken three of them to lift up the broadsword as they're now using the broadsword as a battering ram. Three of them are holding it above their heads and they're now going to make a charging run towards Queenie. Oof. I mean, I'll, I'll, if they look like they're having some kind of difficulty, I'll, I'll make it clear that if they come to a judgment, I'm quite happy to, I'm quite happy to 
you know, be the one that kills her. Are they using like a battering ram? Like there's three of them and they're yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. running. There's three goblins. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a normal sized broadsword. It's far too big for one of them. It's about three times the size of one of them. So three of them are picked it up. They put down their like spoons, knives, forks, whisks, whatever that they've been attacking with. Once I've got a good read on the majority of the goblins, I kind of want to, I, I probably want to talk to Belsiar and I want to talk to Toad Flaps as well before I do anything. Just to make sure I'm not act- acting out of turn here. Not, not, not to inject yet, but like before the police come, can I do a check, please? Uh, but I'll, I'll let this play out and then I'll come. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, so what are you doing, Belsiar? Um, or are you are you just a bystander in this? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm mulling things over. I don't know. I don't want to take the. Uh, Given that the the goblins have just achieved their independence, I don't want to be all. I'm taller than you, so I get to tell you what to do. Mindset, but I do think we might want to look at a kind of negotiated hostage situation more than just immediate execution. But I'll keep that to myself for now. You make a really good mafia boss. This was this. I, I think I think because I'll I'll get I'll get Belsiar and Toad Flaps in a like sidebar where I can talk them away from the. In the same room, but I guess away from the goblins, kind of quietly, because um, my thinking was that maybe if we if we say we could we could keep you as a hostage instead, or send you into exile, maybe um, we could as like the price for that we could ask for I don't know where they keep the money, just to throw it out there. Mm. Um, we don't have loads of money. Uh, we do have. We're going to have goblin staff and workers to pay, um, and uh, it would be good to have that. But you know, she, the Queenie, already knows that we're leaning towards the goblins are leaning towards killing her. Um, I guess unless we make the case for exiling or imprisoning imprisoning her um, until Silas and Cecilia get back on the condition that she tells us where the money is. I really like the idea. Like, this conversation's happening, and in the background you see there's like three goblins, like, running and, like, missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, whoa, look to the right. Uh, <laughs> as, as you see them, yeah. Um, you, you also see, like, Picato is whipping the goblins up into a frenzy. Um, he's getting them really, really excited um, as he's climbed up on top of Queenie's head and he's just standing on top of her head, just waving a knife and fork around, trying to get the goblins like wound I'm up. Just picturing a tiny Danny DeVito. <laughs> tiny Danny DeVito, but slightly potato-like. As all just- of this is going on, um, before I move on to what the next bit, Hanash, what would you like to make your check? So I was wondering if I could let the let my comrades know what's happening through music, and I was wondering oh, if I could do a history yes. check to see if, like, I can think of a way, like, like if any of them would recognise SOS, or like if there's like a <laughs> so, if we've got like a danger song or a danger word yeah, that we yeah, can yeah, do. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, no. That. that. 
Where is it? Where is it? Is it? This is exciting, listeners. It's an eight. Uh, Twenty-two. Oh, a 22. Sorry, I thought you'd seen something under the table. Uh, 22. I thought it was natural 20 is what I thought I saw now. Yes, as you rack your brains on how to come up with a plan, you think of several things. First of all, obviously, you think about using smoke signals. You think about burning down the tent and using smoke signals. And then you think, actually, I've got a string quartet at my disposal. What kind of music? And you rack your brains. Um... You remember a country folk song that you all heard in a tavern on one particular bawdy night of debauchery. And it reminds you, um, the song goes along the lines of um, this is the way the sailor um, pumps the cannon. And it's all, it's this sort of, you know, nautical (laughs) thing about. Fuck my tiny little pennies. You could read the lyrics dead straight and literally, but everyone knows there's undertones. Um, as you're, you you go to the string quartet, and you're like, this is the way the sailor pumps the cannon, pumps the cannon, and like <laughs> as you you know they'll get it. As you're like fifty percent of the string quartet is in stitches and the other half look traumatized as you're you're doing all the hand actions um along to the tune as they really start getting a bit of energy going fuck me uh <sighs> belsiar tatty make me perception checks i'll say because there's aristobulus and Maud, you can do them with advantage because there'll be two other people who are there to that's the sound. It's the sound everyone loves to hear. Sound of many dice. It's oh. uh, a 19. I got a 26. 26. So in the background, you're really thinking hard about justice and what <laughs> the... Like, just thinking about justice. Yeah. Just, you're you're just, really like... Mm. Just rapping about justice. Belsio, you're thinking about your dad, Tatty. You're thinking about justice and, you know, vigilantism. As suddenly you start humming, both of you, and you're like, what the fuck am I humming? As you hear in the background, just as the song hits a crescendo, you hear Hanash get into the bit that's like a boom, boom, boom um, in the song. (laughs) Uh, so in so in in universe this is actually just like scooter <laughs> uh, i was thinking of the out here brothers but yes um there's you're like you look at each other belsiar maud aristobulus tatty you look at each other like is is eliza in this room as well or is yes. she outside eliza's with you yep okay cool um I'm gonna, I'm gonna, as me and Belsia, me Belsia, Maud and Aristobulus look at each other. I'll, um, I'll ask uh, Eliza to keep an eye on the door, uh, keep a perimeter check, uh, slice that pie, baby, um, uh, because we may have some unwanted guests shortly. Nice. As as Aristobulus is still like, this is the way the sailor pumps his cannon. As he's he's really <laughs> um, Tatty, as you make your way out, slicing the pie as you love to say, 
Um, like, oh no, that was me asking. That was me asking Eliza to do it while I'm still oh, supervising. I see. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Apologies. Side. I was listening. I swear. I wasn't just. Well, I'm still talking to Belsia and yep. and Toad Flaps. Eliza so comes toad flaps running is- back in. Uh, quite sweaty as she's like i fear we may have company as i said we need to move fast whatever we're going to do we now have a number of individuals who look armed and official bearing down upon the house and i for one will not be taken alive okay i mean if it's if if you if you need to leave then you can leave i'm not saying that lightly i know how i know how helpful you would be in a fight but also i know that you have a identity to maintain so if you need to leave she walks over to you kneels down grasps your hand in her leather gloved hand and says i will not forget what you have done here today you have progressed the cause of all that is right in the face of tyranny you have stood up for the little people where they had no voice you gave them a voice where they had no choice you gave them a choice. She looks at you and just says, Cheerio! And just goes, ah! and just runs and leaps out of the window as you hear like broken and shattered glass as something hits the grass outside and she just darts across the lawn. Can I, can I see her? Uh, make me a perception check. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's going to be good. Uh, what's that? It's, it's- uh, eight. Eight. Nah, you're you're really getting into this song. Like you're actually foaming at the mouth. You're getting so into this, like, there's just like froth starting to like. Uh, it's also very hot. You're a bit like Dead Mouse. You've got the giant head on as you're like running, like just buckets, buckets of fucking sweat just coming down the inside of your your giant animal skull. You're the fucking helmet. You're like some weird true detective nightmare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Fucking composing these people like yes, one, two, three, four. They could leave it. I never know apart from the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. In my mind, and I know musical people will tell me otherwise, in a string quartet, there's someone on the triangle. I know that's not true. But they're just the the little person on the least impressive instrument looks over (laughs) as a burst of glass flies out the side of the building as a small body thwaps onto the grass and just skitters across the lawn, running into a bush. Um, But you never know that, Hanash, because you're too busy, like, living your best life, like, built and out of limerick. Would I be able to get... Um, because I was talking to Toad Flaps and mm. Belsia, would I be able to get Toad Flaps's uh, take on what's happening? I know the rest of the goblins feeling at the minute is Toad Flaps kind of siding with what they were thinking, or was was she leaning to what Belsia was was saying about like exiling or imprisoning Queenie? Toad Flaps is more aligned with whatever you're going to do. Now, Toad Flaps has made a life pact with you. So she has taken herself out of the emotion of the moment and is, as far as she's concerned, as soon as you brought up the death of her mother, she's now where you go, she goes. So if she's more aligned to your way of thinking than just full of bloodlust. Okay. Um... I guess I mean like Queenie can hear us, like can hear the rest of the goblins and can mm. see the rest of the goblins saying that they want to kill her. I'm gonna I'm gonna just look at the rest of the goblins and say, "It's your decision. If you 
if you would rather see Queenie uh, dead, then that's up to you. I'm quite happy to be the one that fires the arrow if you'd like me to do that. Um, but yeah, I just like a I'd like a consensus before I before I do it. So, you know, say your piece now. As they all look at each other, as a group of individuals, this is the first time they've been given the opportunity to do something as a group. They've been mistreated and, and just kept as individual useless grunts and drones. And you see them look at each other. And the concept of having a, a group mind is is not something that and you see them talking amongst themselves quietly. As in the background, you hear a crash as something comes hurling through the French windows of the main hall. That's where we're going to pause for a drinks break. <gasps> Get yourselves a refresh. Oh and we will be back here in a few God. minutes to pick up with the storyline. This got really heated fast. So sorry I was a little bit late. I was trying to get ChatGPT to write us a limerick about a naval officer pumping his cannon, but ChatGPT absolutely <laughs> refuses to write filth. So I, I was like, pumping his cannon? No. Rubbing his cannon? No. Like, discharging his cannon? Bard will do it. Bard's up for anything. Oh my god, do it. Bard's up for anything. What do you want? Um, I said, I need you to write me a song about a naval officer pumping his cannon. Yeah, ChatGPT is is above all that smut. It was like, no chance, fella. Bard will give us three drafts. There once was a naval officer whose cannon was quite a bore. He pumped and pumped, but it wouldn't fire a jump. So he <laughs> threw it in the sea and retired. <laughs> Jesus. It's kind of depressing if you had a cannon. Uh, draft two. That's similar to draft one. <laughs> okay, Dennis changed the ending. There was once a naval officer whose cannon was quite a bore. He pumped and he pumped, but nothing came out. And he's the laughing stock of the shore. Uh, we've all been there. You can get drugs for that these days. I've, I've, I've got, oh, I'm a naval officer, and I'm here to tell you about the large cannon I pump and the rounds <laughs> I fire off. Doesn't really... <laughs> Put music to that. Doesn't really scan. <laughs> no. Oh, there you go. All right, listeners. Tell you what, listeners, if you've got a better limerick about a naval officer pumping his cannon, send it in to us, and the best one we'll give a prize to. There you go. Don't say we don't we'll have to do record anything. it. We'll record it. I tell you what, we'll get Edron Dagger. Edron Dagger, we'll record Yeah, Edron Dagger. We, we've got people <laughs> on the inside. Yeah, sure. We'll just speak on behalf of Lewis and his entire legacy. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Let's pick back up with the storyline. So split in two. Hanash is outside. He's seen what's coming and he has warned the rest of the party as Tati, Maud, Aristobulus, Belsia, you are inside the study by the main hall and you have Queenie tied to a chair surrounded by goblins. As you hear a smash in as... Tatty, you look out the door, you can now see 20 feet away City Watch are marching into the hall with some intent. Did I get 
did I get the final call from the goblins on what they wanted me to do? The goblins seem pretty hell-bent on getting recompense. Like like violent recompense. That's well, they don't, the way that they, I was they don't seem like the calmest group. You've whipped them up into a bloodlust and a frenzy, and currently Queenie is dying of a thousand necks. She's being cut with forks, like fish knives. Um, Pocato's just standing on her head, stabbing her repeatedly in the top of her skull with a fork. It's not really doing her much damage, but it's really fucking annoying. Okay. Before oh my god, the, no. The city sorry, sorry, can I just wreck on that? Pocato's on top of her head. He's picked up both of her like ponytails and he's just currently like yanking her hair out the top of her head, just being a real dick about it. Oh Pocato. Can I before the city watch before the city watch get here, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fire an arrow at her. <laughs> just okay. Up. Yep. Make, I'm, d- I'm done with make this. Make me an attack roll. Um, I assume because she's restrained that this is at advantage. Sure. Good man. There's always a reason why it should be at advantage with you. Well, you you can't knock the hustle. Let's no, 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 no. Like, I like it. I think more people should be hungry for, for dice. <laughs> Weirdest words I've ever said. That's a 22 to hit. 22 will definitely hit a woman tied down to an office chair. Yes. Okay. It's been it's been a hot minute so I need to I need to figure out what my um to figure out what my what my uh oh there we are. 3d6. Matt's just working on more dirty limericks you can see. <laughs> Uh, I've just said I, I said doesn't even rhyme, and it's just giving me the same one that doesn't rhyme. Uh, 20 damage to Queenie. I didn't think you were going to do it. Yeah. Um, as you slowly pull back on the bow, as you strain against it, you see queenie spinning around every time she comes around to face you her eyes get wider and wider and wider and wider as you just go bam it blows through before, one I, before temple. I let the arrow everything before freezes I let the arrow go i'm gonna say <laughs> before i let the arrow go i'm gonna say uh now you can be with your brother oh nice. ooh, that's cold as it slams into the side of her temple goes right through her brain and out the other side she just has like two parts of an arrow sticking out of her skull. As the goblins are like, Rah! there's like a roar from the goblins, and they all just throw stuff at her. Um, like everybody is is in an uproar. Um, Picato just jumps down and starts chinning up on the arrow sticking out of her temple. <laughs> He's like so very happy about all of this. I'm imagining like when the when the arrow gets there and free frames, it just turns her. I bet you're wondering how I got here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and then goes back three days. This is not my day. <laughs> not yet another Monday. <laughs> As you see now, officers of the law are coming through the study door. As you see um Coretta Taint Ticker at the front as she's like Oh, finally, we come to the bandits themselves. As everything goes slightly quiet, as she looks at Queenie's corpse spinning in a chair with goblins 
all around her and you holding a bow. Well, we seem to have found the nub of the issue here. Ah, Commissioner Taintica, I was wondering when we'd be seeing you again. Well, yes. I had to go and get the cavalry. Well, not literally the cavalry, for there are no horses here, but you know what I mean. Back up. Semantics. You're back up. As... Yeah, semantics. It's fine. We can be respectful of each other and discuss language while we're doing this. <laughs> right, well, there'll be plenty of time for this. Plenty of time. Right, gentlemen, arrest these individuals and we will get to the bottom of it. As you see from in and amongst behind them through into the main hall, you see city watch offices like handcuffing goblins and uh, you see you see snatch is being manhandled in manacles um which one was which one was snatch the elderly goblin who was the oldest of all the goblins who you originally he originally showed you um where mellifla uh, where toad flaps was snatch is like a geriatric goblin I thought he was one of the ones that was left down in the the underground. Yes. Um, like, yes. Like the actual you're, you're, you're... Oh, have they, have they got those guys as well? Yeah. Oh. They, they haven't got toad now flaps. Get you're mad. okay. You've got toad flaps with you. Like all the other goblins are being okay. rounded up by the city watch. Yeah, I'm gonna as they're kind of pouring in. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I mean, I have to make a plea to this person's like. Um, I don't know morality at this point. I, I just don't know. The only person that's that's given me any confirmation that slavery is bad is is the fucking bumblebee, and I never expected her to be the voice of reason for anyone. Um, just because she's posh, I'm going to say, look, I'm, she's ineffective. Yeah, I'm going to say, look, I'm going to say, look, Commissioner, we we both know what was happening in this estate we both know what the stanks were doing keeping these goblins um under these conditions under these working conditions um because it is essentially slavery and it's you know through want of your position within the within the uh this the city watch or your just your position in society in general I can completely understand why you would want to ingratiate yourselves with a a family of this. I don't. I'll use air quotes when I say of this standing. Um, but the and I'm not going to assume whether you knew this was happening before or not. Um, but now you know we've got to the point now where the the morality has has hit the hit the road has hit the curb of uh reality um and their actions have have caught up to them um i don't like to be the person that 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 does this kind of thing because it's it's you know it's core it's pretty bad um but also it kind of needs to be done um you look at all these people that are around me and i look at the goblins uh, well gesture to the goblins that are probably being kind of manhandled by the city watch and i say i know i know how much the stanks must mean to the community but just because 
these people that are being the, the workers that are being arrested haven't been able to contribute that to the community at large doesn't mean that their voices should be silenced can we can we at least can we at least agree on that she looks at you for a while she's given you the floor to speak for a longer period of time than you thought you would probably get from her as she looks at you and says well many of the points that you have raised are are not incorrect but you are not the law the law is of the people and is democratically appointed to serve justice in their name and you are none of those things what you have done here although you may think is right is not of the law and you have not done anybody a favor and yes some of the practices of the stanks were not as we may have wished them but that does not mean that every time we see an injustice we must act on behalf of the law so unfortunately in this case you too have tarnished yourself with the same brush as as she points over at queenie spinning in a chair with an arrow sticking out of her head you have also become that which you seem to be battling against so i'm afraid you have sealed your fate with them too as she points towards you as officers start manhandling goblins and manacling oh. them tatty is gonna sigh very very deeply wait belsia do you want to jump in with anything before i speechify a little bit more uh i don't know i don't want to steal the moment but i do hear my inner <laughs> lewis calling me um i, I say if if this be the law then the law be an ass and I drop a stinking cloud and fly out the window. <laughs> <laughs> you just prop dust the room. <laughs> uh, okay. So Lord. I've got an action that kind of follows similarly on from this. Okay. Okay. If, that, okay. if that's okay. Um, is there any officers around me or are they, have they all gone in the house? You see the closest officers, there's two or three officers on the. I'll keep calling it the patio, but the area just outside the house on the lawn where the, the garden party was, uh, you see them picking through the corpses, rolling over bodies, like preparing them for the coroner. Um, you see a wagon coming around the corner, like not a police car, but an actual wagon as bodies are starting to be processed by members of the law. Um, can, can I nonchalantly walk towards the house, the mansion, but not where they are to like another part of it just like just like i'm like surveying the grounds and you know taking in this, this lovely day yeah sure um i mean i don't know how subtle you're going to be as you've got a giant skull on your head but yeah you just you weave around <laughs> through the rose garden pausing 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 occasionally to pick up a flower and sniff it through the skull just you know trying to subtly weave your way as you get closer in you hear the officers like talking to each other as one of them's like what the fuck happened here? It's fucking carnage. As he like, um, as he pulls a whisk out of someone's eye socket, um, as what you don't see, Hanash, behind you is the members of the string quartet. As soon as you leave, they all just run in four different directions, carrying their musical instruments. 
as they've been released from their captor. That's a good distraction. You just see a lady like <laughs> leap over a hedge with a double base in one arm. Uh, yes, as you, yeah, you see two officers. You're 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 hidden below a a, a hedgerow at this point. You're okay, like six foot of them. Okay, well, I want to make my way, so I go past them to like the bit of the house, and this is and so I'd like to try and burn the house, or like get Metal Gear Solid <laughs> or something. You can see their view of Ark with a cone. As uh, like as you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just on a fixed camera angle above. Yeah, 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 I yeah, see yeah. them. You're just like <laughs> sneaking around. <laughs> just in front of you, you see, uh, you see a bottle and a rock, or a brick, in front of you, uh, that you can use for distractions. <laughs> we're, we're going full Last of Us here. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's say I use the traction and I get around them. Uh, yeah, I'd like to burn the house down. I've got some lint. I'm gonna. I want to like just like keep them. Like I, I do a bit. It sets on fire. I work around like another ten meters. I do a bit. So I'm like, oh, there's a lot. Of, we're probably outnumbered in there. What gets around this? Chaos. Okay. 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 Like <laughs> so that. I'm like. Yeah, I think Coke's going to help. So yeah, I try and burn the mansion down. Okay, I don't know if okay. I need to roll. Uh, yeah, I also got, really I got a song about burning the mansion down. You've got a song about burning the mansion down? Like, from Bard. Of course. <laughs> the mansion was big and grand with rooms that went on and up. But now it's all just a memory because it's just got burned down to the ground. <laughs> burning down the house. Burning down the house. We're burning down the house. And we don't care. Who knows? Nice. <laughs> the flames are so high, they reach <laughs> the sky, and the smoke is so thick, they made it hard to breathe. Burning down the house. Burning down the house. Wow. Burning down the house. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, first of all, make me a stealth check. Oh. <laughs> Burning down the house. Burn. Natural 20. You go over to one of the bodies, you spot one of the like dinner party people as you slip on a white dinner jacket. You're still you've still got like your giant skull on as you skulk around like a dinner guest uh, with a giant like, eagle skull on your head. As you go to the base of one of the curtains, uh make me a sleight of hand. It's pretty good. Okay, it's what's pretty my... good. A slight of hand. One. 16. Yeah, 16. Just about it. So you go to the bottom of one of the crushed velvet curtains and you get out your little kindling box as you're just like slamming away with a flint going... As after a while, it just goes... As the little bit of kindling lights and you see like thick smoke coming from one of the curtains... Um, as you look around trying to see what you can do, um, you go and take a bunch of napkins, wrap them um, around a sword that you find uh, on a suit of armor, light it, um, and just go around all the curtains, lighting these thick drape velvet curtains. Uh, the smoke coming off them is quite impressive as your eyes are starting to sting as you stay low to the ground. Um, the The... Starting at the far end of the Great Hall, things are starting to go ablaze. As we pan back to the room, which now smells like somewhere between a wet fart (laughs) 
and <laughs> like a dog with dysentery. Um, everything like tatty your eyes, ears, nose, they're all just instantly go as you see a flash go through the window. Um, as you just hear Aristobulus go, that one wasn't me. <laughs> and say, um, I have I have a few separate points that I'd love to bring up with you. But just in but just in the just in the meantime, I believe that someone may have set this place on fire. <laughs> I'm trying to be as polite as possible, but also we should all get out of here. Coretta says I know a wet fart when I see one. Gentlemen, arrest these individuals. Um as Tatty I need you what are you, what are you doing? Are you fleeing? What are you What's your what's your exit strategy, Tatty? Uh, just give me a quick lowdown on this room again. Are the rest of the goblins all in handcuffs at this point? Uh, at least half of your little goblins are now in handcuffs. All the guys with the broadsword have been handcuffed. Uh, there's probably five or six of them that are darting around, hiding under tables and chairs, being chased. A bit like a human running after a chicken. Trying to get a greased-up goblin is quite hard work, uh, especially in a in a room with wet fart. Um, as Aristobulus, more than yourself, and Toad Flaps still need to make an exit. So there's a window at the far end which is smashed out. It had like nice kind of stained glass in it, but it's now just bits of broken glass all over the place. As you can feel fresh air coming through it. There's a there's a writing desk in front of the window. Can I attempt to? Um, I'm trying to remember which of my allies are still in this room. It's just Belsiar, Maud, Belsiar. Belsiar's flown Aristobulus. Just... Oh, oh, just Aristobulus, Maud, and, Maud Toad and Toad Flaps, isn't it? Cool. I'm going to attempt to, if a guard is coming towards me to try and um, to try and handcuff me, I'm going to attempt to, like, I don't know, like, maneuver his grapple so that I've got my hidden blade against his against his neck. Jesus Christ. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So as I mean at this point, yes. I would imagine it would it would be either an athletics or acrobatics like roll off. I think it's an athletics roll off. So you make an athletics check and he will make an athletics check and we will see where we get to. Uh, the other two I'm going to make sleight of hand rolls for. So let me see where the other two... Yeah. I'm starting to wonder if I just met the Maud, Maud makes it out the window. Aristobulus, like, Maud gets finds himself up. pinned to the ground by an officer, and you're going to make a straight-up athletics roll-off. So go for it. Again, I'm choosing skills that I'm bad at, so... Oh, no. It's not good. What did you get? It's a four. Uh, he got thirteen. So you and you and Aristobulus find yourself pinned to the floor as Maud has left the building. Toadflaps has left the building. Toadflaps looks back at you and says, I will come for you in a non sexual way. And then she dives out of the window <laughs> after Maud. It's good that she it's, it's important to know. How many um, officers are in the room? I think there was about between 10 and 20. Uh, they're 10 and 20, yeah, yeah. but they're all kind of spread out. So currently, uh, Hanash, are you going to investigate? 
Um, yeah, I can remember. See, so I'm in the house. Yeah, I? you're so in the Great like Hall. So the Great Hall is connected to the the study is an is an offshoot to of the Great Hall. So the far end of the Great Hall is now going up in yeah, flames. Yeah, so I go and I don't need to investigate. I'm going to go in and I'm just going to you know shoot shoot the first person I can see with a blunderbuss. <laughs> <laughs> so the first it could be the me. first person shoot the first NPC that's. Not a the first uh, NPC you see is Coretta Taint Ticker, who's coordinating everything. She's got like a, a tight, yes. she's got a tight cropped haircut, uh, and she's wearing um, dress. Like she's not a dress. She's. Do you know when like the police turn up on formal occasions in like smart dress? Um, she's in that with her kind of like honors and badges and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's like the, it's like the dress blues. Yeah. She's in that. Okay, so I can assume she'll have like. Low armor class. Yeah, she's just wearing fabric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uniform. She's the first yeah. person. As she turns around and stares down the barrel of your blunderbuss. Yep. Cool. Let's do it. Eleven to hit. Eleven to hit. Um. Yes. Oh, hang on. I forgot that. Um. Yes. Fuck yeah. I mean, to be fair, I'd say. I'd say roll again. I'll give you advantage because you have surprise and you're at point blank range with a blunderbuss. So roll one more time just on the off chance though. Just in case it's a natural 20. You've been rolling pretty hot today. Let's be fair. Uh, It's a day 20. Day 20. Okay, well you definitely definitely hit with a blunderbuss at point blank range facing at the police commissioner's head. Um, Uh, Yeah. You're going to make me... Eight damage. Eight damage. Do you know what, from a narrative point of view, pointing a blunderbuss at someone's head at point-blank range and pulling the trigger and hitting, Tati, you hear, as you wrestle on the ground, you hear an explosion as something warm and wet splats across your back as you strain to look up, as you see a body... From the blunderbuss as well. She's dead. Oh, okay. Warm and wet sprays. It's cool. Hanash, you, out of memory of that time you blew yourself up in front of the door with a blunderbuss, and every other time you (laughs) use the blunderbuss, you close your eyes as you pull the trigger, as you're sprayed in something warm, as you open your eyes and you just see a clean set of shoulders swaying as she rocks (laughs) backwards and forwards. As you just reach out a hand and push her with one finger as she falls backwards. I, I say to the room, who is your god now? Harry <laughs> in hell cackles to himself. <laughs> yeah. The other two officers who are currently in the room look up just in time to see a ginormous sculled individual in a white dinner jacket charge into the room pull out a blunderbuss and blow the head off the police commissioner as they both look at each other going pale one of them's like yeah fuck this i am not paid enough for this as they let go and just all the police officers go charging out of the room um all this whilst the room smells of wet fart (laughs) tatty aristobulus you find yourselves freed um both of you are manacled but you're no longer restrained by people can i um search the police commissioner for commissioner for for keys to the manacles please 
Uh, yeah, sure, sure. Make me an investigation check. Is it actual 20? Nat 20. Oh, my God. My God. Oh, he's, he's hot today, boys. Nat 20. <laughs> um, with a Nat 20, you find all sorts of things. You find um, her ID. You've got her police commissioner's ID. Um, you find... Uh, you find about 53 gold coins on her. Um, you find a photograph of her standing next to her two daughters and a sausage dog, um, which is now slightly oh. like pebble dashed. And you find a hearing horn, uh, like a thing like old people use to, um, like, like you find one of those. Um, on her hmm. and as you keep going through the different police officers you 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 find um one of the police officers in his panic to leave the room has dropped a set of keys um and a baton you also find on a natural 20 i don't want to make a big thing out of this but you find her service revolver Ooh. still in its <gasps> holster <gasps> <gasps> and a holster a classic holster you've got uh 12 bullets and Whew. you've got six in the chamber and 12 other bullets you've got uh that and a hearing horn sick oh, very good i'm a, I'm a bandido <laughs> are there still are there still other like guards in this room with no, us no people are fleeing now there's so much between the smoke and the wet fart and blowing off the police commissioner's <laughs> head, um, people are starting to panic. Tati, as you take one look back into the hall, you see police officers dragging Snatch. Um, you just hear a voice saying, Get your hands off Snatch! Um, coming from <laughs> the main hall. Dehand Snatch! As he's, you see him dragged off. Um, as... The three of you? Hanash, you, you un you unmanacle the other two. I also manacle the goblins in the room. Uh yeah, there's still three or four goblins uh who are left in the room as you've yeah, and, and Toad Flaps has obviously gone out the window with Maud. I'm gonna I'm gonna run after uh Snatch. And I'm gonna try and take out the guard that is manhandling him. Okay. As you see him, I will, I will follow. You see, both of you see Snatch is like, oh, leave me alone. I'm too old for this. As you see them about to exit a door on the side of the hall back into the kind of like main building. Um, the, the hall is filling up. The curtains are all fully a cinder now. Fire's licking across the ceiling. Everything's kind of fallen over. Like the thick, acrid smoke at head height. Like. As I'm unmanacled, I'm going to steady aim and fire at the guard that is manhandling yep. Snatch. Got it. Uh, that's a 25 to hit. Hits. Um, I'm just going to roll my damage with sneak attack. Uh, not the best. Uh, six... Seven plus uh, five, 
is 12 damage. Yep. Okay. Hanash, do you want a surprise round? <laughs> yes. I want to use the commissioner's ID badge. It's like, it's your commissioner. <laughs> drop, drop the drop the prisoner. <laughs> it's lunch break, boys. Um, <laughs> it's lunch time. Make me a pers- make me a persuasion check. There's uh, no need for deception because clearly this is a man, the a, police commissioner. A, a man in a bloody seven. seven. It's a seven. So basically, these things happen in tandem. Um, Hanash, you pull out a badge and like, freeze, please, Commissioner. As the man's like, what? Yeah. And he stops and he's like, yeah, hang on. As an arrow like crunches into his collarbone. As he's like, oh, I see. As like... um, Release the pensioner. He's like, I can't do that. I'm on the clock. As he pulls out a crossbow, um, aims it at Hanash and pulls the trigger. He gets a 10. At Hanash? Yeah. No, no chance. Uh, At your commission, huh? As, <laughs> as as the crossbow bolt glances <laughs> off the skull of the periton and just you know ricochets <laughs> off across the room, he's like, "Right, well, this is a one-shot weapon." Uh, right, uh, Tatty, it's back to you. Um, I'm gonna, um, I guess, from range again. I will do the same thing and just just uh, bonus action, steady aim. So I can get advantage um, and fire an arrow at this guy. Uh, those are that's wait. Oh no! Wait, that's there's a one in four hundred chance of that happening. Those are two natural ones. <laughs> oh, that's very bad. That's quite bad. I, I hope you don't like your fingertips. Yeah. Um, uh, two natural ones. I'm gonna get the damage. I'm going to get the damage dice out anyway because I know that you're about to do something. As with two natural ones on advantage, as you take aim and pull the trigger, you see the police officer shaking with fear. Um, as you go to fire, you slip um, on some food which has been discarded on the floor, a greasy chicken wing. As you slip and pull the trigger, firing, the arrow flies to the right, embedding itself in Snatcher's throat. As the police officer looks in shock, drops Snatch and just runs out the door with an arrow sticking out of his shoulder. As Snatch just sits on the floor, gurgling, holding onto his throat. As he's like... Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't like this. Can I run over and make a medicine check? Please. Um, as you oh, run over, you I see don't... like Snatch is moist. Blood is just bubbling out of a hole in Snatch. <laughs> stop, and, stop, stop. Um, <laughs> you you just see. Can I shout for Aristobulus as well? I'm going to shout Aristobulus over. Aristobulus, um, we need you, you. You just see like bubbly blood is coming out between Snatch's fingers as he's like. So, you will take on. The estate, will you, and run it? Your plan is going <laughs> perfectly. As he's yeah, like up blood. Yeah, uh, we have more pressing concerns right now. This Aristobulus! This is fire and shoes as all. Aristobulus, it was going to make a perception check because he's nowhere near you. He's, he's, he didn't come with you. 
Um, He's all the way in the study. Has anyone got Aristobulus's stats? I might. Be. Yeah. I've got them. He's got okay, can you make a perception check for Aristobulus, please? Gotcha. Please don't be in that one again. 13. 13. As you see, Aristobulus um, is like, I'm kind of busy. As you see, he comes out of the smoke holding an encyclopedia. He's just pulling out naked pictures out of an encyclopedia and putting them in his pocket. He's like, do I not look like I'm busy? Aristobulus. What? <laughs> Aristobulus, now, we need your we need your healing powers. He runs over. He's like, oh, no, someone shot the old man. <laughs> <laughs> someone has shot the old man. Yes. Please make him better. Okay. <laughs> Um, I, what do you want me to do? Like spare the dying, like kill wounds. He's not dead. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. He's like, oh fuck me! I just got this thing dry cleaned. As he <laughs> rolls up his robe of stars, um, as he's like, all right, hold on. He leans over the old man. He's like, if you get any blood on me, I'll fucking kill you. As he basically like pulls out of it like the middle of his thing. He's got all different religious pendants and he like picks different religions and gods as he's like, hang on, hang on, hang on. Just hold on. I know you. I'll be right with you. As he finds the one, he's, yeah, he's like rubbing it, trying to get it. And he's like, come on, come on, come on. As he's like, okay, here we go. He's like, I never remember if I actually touched the wound or he's like, yeah, okay. As he sticks two fingers into Snatch's hole in the side of his neck and just starts like crackling with energy as his eyes light up blue, as Snatch starts shaking violently and twitching. Um, as he's like, No, nope. you just hear Aristobulus just going, as he's like, just enchanting in religious it. tones. As you see Snatch's eyes burst open, as Aristobulus pulls two fingers out of Snatch and the wound heals back up. How about that? Well, like the, the arrow never came out, so is it just it healed yeah, around the yes. arrow? There's just an arrow <laughs> sticking out the other side, which is just healed in now. Snatch has just got an arrowhead sticking out of one side of his neck. It looks like one of those comical ones that like, you can have yeah, 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 yeah. Like we'll fix that in post. Um, he can turn the club of people would think yeah 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 as snatch leans up he's like well i don't want to make a big thing out of this but um i would like to politely decline your offer to run the estate and um (laughs) yes perhaps you are not fit for purpose why (laughs) (laughs) on careful consideration why why no i I feel like the running of an the running of an estate takes a gentle touch, and I don't want to make a big thing out of it, but that man had two fingers in my throat, and you shot me in the neck, and that man over there is dressed with a giant skull Let's on his head, clear. just Let's be blew clear, someone's Snatch. head off. Let's I feel like <laughs> diplomacy Let's might be clear, not Snatch. be. You were the one who was always going to be the one day-to-day managing the estate. You would, if anything, get a promotion. Yes, I know, but... Let's be fair. Um, Mr. If you, don't want us, if you don't want us to be your benefactors, that's absolutely fine. 
We'll you don't want to be alive. We can undo that. As yeah, he you reaches up, alive, as we can. He reaches up and feels something tugging at the side of his neck. As you look over, Paketo's just trying to pull the arrow out the side of his neck. As you realize, Belsiar's left Paketo behind. Um, Hanash, you just scoop him up. Um, as he's like, Snatch is tired. Snatch is old. Snatch would like to retire. I'm going to go and live in the country All right, somewhere. Stop. Don't, don't talk about yourself in the third person. No one no one talks like that. Why doesn't Snatch go for a little nap here? Yeah. It's warm. It's toasty. Why don't you, why don't you lie down for like 10 to 15 years? <laughs> uh, we'll see you later, Palamine. Um, Snatch would like to take this opportunity to say thank you very much for everything that you have done. Snatch will always remember you <laughs> warmly and kindly. Every time he looks in the mirror, the arrow sticking out of his neck. Eat my dick. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm gonna if I can see any of the other guards that are trying to like take the take the other goblins off. I'm fully like aiming and firing at. They've them. well gone. You're now alone. Everything's falling yeah. down. You hear a crunch at the end of the hall as one of the rafters, the beams that are holding up the roof, comes down. As Snatch is like. Right, well, it's been a pleasure. Uh, as he picks up his walking stick and just starts hobbling out of the doors, um, just leaving you and Hanash and the potato. Well, I, I head out the back door, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll head out. Uh, as you will head out, for the sake of narrative and expediency, let's say you can see the rest of your party cowering on the edge of the gardens um by a set of bushes um as you all get the only one who's not there is um the bumblebee who's long since fucked off the rest of you in some degree there mm. uh, as as belsiar you must be very confused as to what's going on because you just bailed on them a long time ago yeah i'm just flying for a cloud thinking just I can I can hear my father's voice in my head saying, "You can't just fly out the window whenever things get difficult." <laughs> <laughs> oh dearie me! Yeah, as you all as you all come together, Toad flaps says, "Well, Mister Bojangles, if this is your way of finding justice, I fully approve." As she shakes your hand. Cool. Thank you. I've kind of had enough of people judging me for the way that I do things uh, for one day, so I'll take the I'll take the positive affirmation. I uh, I look to the group and just go cheese. <laughs> <laughs> <Evan Dahl? laughs> you got you got cheese, and, and there's like that's a nice side adventure. Shall we go find some cheese? You go find <laughs> um. As you look over, you see Aristobulus. Just he's got a hanky and he's wiping his fingers, which are sticky with like snatches blood, and which is the most disgusting sentence I've ever said in my life. Um, you just see him cleaning as, as he's like, "Yeah, right. I think possibly we should leave. We've tried our hands at running an estate, and it wasn't the positive experience I was hoping for. And I don't want to make a big thing out of it, but we are on a quest." Kind of got away from us. Um, <laughs> it would have been good. It would have been good to have this as a home base that we could just return to. 
every now and again. But it would seem that um, that that was not to be. So um, my uh, fellow revolutionaries, uh, and I'll kind of salute uh, any goblins that are still here. Maybe one. Oh, you've still two. got like you've still got four goblins with you. Um, you you've you've still got um goblins with with like kitchenware. Oh, it's just the kitchenware. You've just got oh, the kitchenware. You've got like you've got uh, a knife, a fork, and a spoon between them. Um, they're called nibble, nobble, and gobble. Um, and they're three, <laughs> three goblins with you. Fuck you. I give them a salute and I say, I I say, uh, go, go, my brothers and sisters, and and uh, liberate your liberate your kin from the yoke of the rich and the and the senselessly capitalist uh, in this world. Uh, Go and spread the good word that we have that we have spoken today. As you see, Gobble is like, I don't want to make anything out of this, but I don't know anything about the real world. I grew up here. I was raised here. As he looks over, as part of the roof falls in, burning in the in the in the great building about a hundred meters away. So he's like, Can I just hang around with you? I won't be a nuisance. I can cook. More people to look after. You don't yeah. have to pay me. I mean, you can. More mouths to feed. You don't I mean, have to pay me. Oh, you can, but just an FYI, one hundred percent of our companions have died. So <laughs> you're more than welcome to join. I give I give Barbara a quick scritch and, <laughs> and, and Gaspard a quick bit of like breadcrumbs or something from Gaspard. <laughs> just like I don't know what you're talking about, brother. Oh, uh, sorry, all our non-animal companions. Amazing. As you all as you all gather together, you come together. You pat each other down. You you. You realign yourselves, presumably. Like Maud is like, I don't want to make a big thing out of this, but shall we perhaps get on with the long form quest? We need to find the rest of the Emmentals. And all right, all right, easy, easy journal system for this RPG. Like, let's well, just let's keep a, keep a keep a keep a keep a lid on it. And she uh, picks she picks room temperature pork lunch and meat. Out of her pocket and just carries on eating it as if nothing oh, was ever. God, going. how long has she had that? That's that's the way to go. Yeah, back to the Emmentals, back to the cheeses, and back to Theolia. As behind you, you just hear the stank estate. The top of the roof falls in as gouts of flame burst through the top. As all of you turn and head back out onto the road, um, Hanash, you try and scrape the worst of the police commissioner off the front of yourself. Um, and before we leave the episode, listeners, we're just going to pan back to the front hallway of the estate where burnt timbers have all fallen down. As you see, one of the timbers lift up in the air, pushed to one side as a man with a damaged leg heaves and pushes a flaming timber to one side as... Belsiar's dad raises himself back up, dusts himself off, pulls a mimosa out of the wreckage, sips it, <laughs> and walks out the door. Turns out he's more of a crunk fucker than he would ever like to admit. 
I always imagine he's like the Terminator and half his skin just becomes <laughs> yeah. Just one melted face. Wow. As he mentally resolves himself to going back to his one bedroom flat, he lives above a tabaxi takeaway <laughs> now that his wife has left him for a yoga instructor. Uh, sipping on the mimosa. He goes to his he, studio in the city. He just he throws the glass back into the flaming wreckage and walks out. And that, listeners, is where we are going to leave this week's episode. I mean, we covered some real ground there. I'm kind of proud of us. Um, right. Well, that's all we can hope to achieve for one week. That's the end. So it's a massive thank you from us for joining us for another dollop of fun-packed fantasy fuck nuggetry. Now, seeing as you've made it this far, why not consider hitting that subscribe button and never miss another episode again? But yet, if you're feeling fruity, why not give us a five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you are on? All of your reviews and recommendations go a long way towards spreading the word of our misadventures far and wide. If you fancy chatting to us about anything you've heard across the course of this episode, your best bet is to find us on Twitter where you can find us at Adventurers A-N-O number one. But you can also find us on all the other social media places, our Instagram and Facebook, and we even now have a Discord server if you want to get all up close and personal with us. So that just leaves time to say a huge goodbye from all of us here at Adventurers Anonymous. It is a goodbye from the angel of death himself, Mr. Chris Rag. Goodbye, and I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a goodbye from the sexiest man to ever come out of a sauna, Mr. Matt Durant. Moi, moi. Hey, hey. Kitty, moi. <laughs> All right, Google Translate. And it is a massive goodbye <coughs> from the wokest millennial himself, Mr. Chris Neal. Goodbye, adventureholics. Stay tipsy. Oh, he's got a new thing. Well, where's, it? where's the fucking blueberries? <laughs> the people are expecting blueberries. I've been doing this for like three episodes now, and it's only now that you notice. Catman Jones is crying. Catman Jones. Catman Jones has probably just crashed his forklift <laughs> truck into a pallet full of like <laughs> do- boys look, donuts. Look, pal, I contain multitudes. I can have multiple sign-offs, and I can interchange them whenever I wish. Yeah, all right, Orlando Bloom. Jesus Christ! Look at you. I contain like I'm a method actor, don't you know? I don't understand the reference. I mean, I, I know who Orlando Bloom is, but like, why? Why is he? Why? Why is he the one that you picked? Because he's just moment? such a multicultural icon. I mean, he's married to Katy Perry. He's, you know, he's just a man for every occasion. He can even, you know, he, he's got black hair, but he quite easily plays someone with blonde hair. Like he has depths, you know. <laughs> the epitome of a cultural icon and an actor. Yeah. To, yeah, to put it's on a blog. Yeah. He's got, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Wow. There you go. That's all we're clearly going to achieve. Uh, right, that's the end. Listeners, piss off, go home, get lost. Uh, and if you're lucky, we'll see you back here for more adventure in next week.